absolutely the real estate industry needs to rebalance its efforts from new build into the retrofitting of existing buildings. Retrofitting has to become the new normal. I think the historic model that we're used to of demolishing existing structures and rebuilding will become increasingly hard to justify. Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgson-Keto. Before we get to today's guest, I want to tell you about NERIT's upcoming ESG Jumpstart virtual class series. The classes offer a deep dive into the fundamentals of ESG for the REIT and commercial real estate industries. There are six 90-minute classes that will cover many key topics, including starting and improving your ESG and DEI programs, preparing for the SEC's proposed climate rule and carbon accounting, and learning about climate change mitigation and adaptation strategies. The classes will start at the end of January and run through the beginning of February. Registration is now open, so go to REIT.com, go to our upcoming events under the Events tab, and register for NERIT's ESG Jumpstart Virtual Class Series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Jeremy Kelly, Director of Global Research at JLL, to talk about his new research into the role that retrofitting can play in the move toward more energy-efficient buildings. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Sarah. So I'd like to start by stepping back a bit and asking you about how much progress the commercial real estate industry is making toward net zero adoption. And do you think the risks of inaction are understood at this point? <laughs> it's a good question. And um Provocatively, I'm going to say that the the real estate industry is not making enough progress. Um, the transition to net zero is far too slow, and it's happening at a pretty piecemeal fashion across the globe. Um, COP27, there was a report that was released by the UN which showed that um, greenhouse gas emissions from buildings had hit an all-time high in 2021. And so whilst we can see lots of examples of energy efficiency initiatives, on the whole, we're, we're still moving in the wrong direction. So you know that's not good news. Whilst there is recognition of the risks of inaction, I think there is still a quite a large gap between intent and the actual action. So most real estate owners are probably not prepared for increasing regulations that that are on the horizon to enforce stricter energy and emissions and waste standards. I think that most real estate owners are not fully attuned to the fact that decarbonizing their buildings will be key to avoiding the risk of more expensive finance or simply the the risk of just not being able to sell or lease your building because you don't have the transition risk. And also, I, th- I guess, um, I know most of us, the real estate owners are not acknowledging the almost the existential risk that we are reaching a point of no return by 2020-30. So we've got something like seven years to start to really turn this around. So uh, not a good scorecard, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. So can you now talk a bit about the role that retrofitting plays in helping achieve those really important net zero targets and whether the commercial real estate industry really needs to rebalance efforts away from new construction in favor of retrofitting? Absolutely, the real estate industry needs to rebalance its efforts from new build into 
the retrofitting of existing buildings. Retrofitting has to become the new normal. I think the historic model that we're used to of demolishing existing structures and rebuilding will become increasingly hard to justify given that, what is it, something like a tenth of, of global emissions from buildings are coming from new construction and that 50% of the world's raw material is due to the development of new buildings. So, but retrofitting of the existing stock is a huge challenge, but also an opportunity. And we've calculated that in mature cities, 80% of office buildings which exist today will still be standing in 2050. And that means that we'll have to have a retrofitting rate of of about three to three and a half percent of inventory every single year if we're going to meet the net zero targets. And that compares with retrofitting rates that are around about 1% today. So you know, we've got to triple, quadruple the rates of retrofitting. But there is, a, I guess, a compelling environmental case for retrofitting. The carbon impact of retrofits is typically around a third of new construction. And there are considerable energy efficiency from retrofitting your building. JLL, we've sort of demonstrated quite considerable potential reductions in energy use efficiencies by as much as 40 to 60 percent for a a whole building deep retrofit. And Jeremy, can you talk about the different levels of retrofitting? Are there benefits to doing all the work at once or should it be more gradual? What's your preferred method? The actions to decarbonize are are pretty clear in that you've got to, at at one level, you've got to sort of maximize operational efficiencies through low cost initiatives, sort of LED lighting, improve energy efficiency through the change in the fabric, the electrification of of heat and cooling, the incorporation of on-site renewables or sourcing um, off-site renewables. And whilst the call to action is that we need to do this urgently. It, retrofitting doesn't have to happen all at once. It's a complex process and you need a, a long-term strategic view with interventions planned at strategic points. And also, I think and it's important to emphasize that retrofits are more viable when considered in tandem with broader asset repositioning that responds to other factors as well as decarbonisation, such as changing workplace dynamics or health and well-being needs or social impact or and climate resilience. So retrofitting to decarbonise should be part of a broader package of enhancement to your assets. And looking at different types of properties, do you see certain assets where it's more makes more sense to retrofit? Um, is retrofitting perhaps more popular for certain types of assets? What sort of trends are you seeing? Well, you can actually get considerable energy efficiencies across all asset types, but certainly the evidence that we're getting is that, it, that we, can, we can achieve greater energy efficiencies on office space, on hospitality, hotel space, and on residential properties. But I think in terms of the potential return on investment, there's clearly a mounting shortage of low emission office stock. And there's considerable demand from many occupiers who have ambitious ESG commitments around net zero, which will determine the type of space they occupy. 
And so retrofitting existing office buildings in premium sought after locations seems like a particularly compelling opportunity at the moment. And I know a number of uh, funds are starting to think about of that route of retrofitting office buildings in the best locations. And can you talk a bit about the costs involved with retrofitting and how they compare with new construction? It kind of depends really significantly. I would say that, wouldn't I, on on each building. Every case is different on a variety of factors from the specification to the materials used to the depth of retrofitting to the design and flexibility of the existing buildings. But I think that retrofitting, well, I know that retrofitting is almost universally the least expensive option, but not necessarily always the case. You know, if a building is really old and outdated, it may require a lot of expensive upgrades and repairs to bring it back up to standards. So it does depend. I mean, when it comes to new construction, you can build everything right up front um, and install the newest and most efficient energy efficiency technology from the beginning. So there are swings and roundabouts to it. But on, on balance, I think it's certainly retrofitting that is the least expensive option. But I think you re- we really need to start to think about it in terms of the carbon cost, not just of the, the dollar or euro cost. As carbon pricing becomes more of the norm that embraces the whole life cycle of a building, then retrofitting will become the default solution when we're considering the next stages in a building's life cycle. And Jeremy, looking ahead, what do you see as um, some of the most important challenges and opportunities in terms of advancing the concept of retrofitting and really getting investors and occupiers on the same page? Most economies at the moment are going through significant headwinds and we're seeing escalating costs and labour shortages, which is really making it very difficult to unlock retrofitting opportunities over the short term. It really is a very challenging environment, but progressive real estate investors and owners are actually still doubling down on net zero carbon intervention in the knowledge that liquidity and pricing and access to debt are increasingly being influenced by a building's emission performance. And there's also, I think, a recognition that the penalties for buildings that fail to meet emission standards that will increase sharply over the next few years amid ever-tightening regulations that target real estate. So we need to anticipate this regulatory wave that is coming upon us. But it does sort of offer an opportunity. As I mentioned, there is an acute shortage of net zero carbon buildings, which it seems likely to persist for some time yet. And so early adopters of retrofitting will benefit from higher rent and reduced financial risk and improved access to capital at more favorable rates and better prospects at attracting and retaining tenants. But I think in terms of one of the challenges that you've just mentioned, really, is that often adversarial relationship between the owners of real estate and the occupiers of real estate, which needs to be reset. It needs to needs to change. The sort of traditional leases and even green leases are not necessarily fit for purpose for the challenges ahead of trying to decarbonize our buildings. Landlords and tenants stand to gain significant value by collaborating to form new sorts of partnerships to create new business models and 
and co-investment opportunities that provides a sort of win-win solution for both investors and occupiers who are both looking to um, achieve the same tar- ESG targets. But I think the big issue is about fundamental behavioral change, that retrofitting has to become the default scenario. But that means that we're going to have to upskill the workforce. We need to scale technology and fast track new innovations as they come along. And that will require, I think, much deeper partnerships between all the stakeholders involved in the built environment, whether that's governments or the owners of real estate or lenders, the innovators, the occupiers, academia, all need to be working together to accelerate this pace of retrofitting, which is a huge challenge, but equally a fantastic opportunity, creating lots of green jobs and green investment. Excellent, Jeremy. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.